Hello there, Obi-Wan Kenobi here, and you're listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast, brought to you by StarWarsDaily.com. The Force will be with you, always. Hello and welcome to the 70th episode of Frontlines the Clone Wars podcast. I am your host, Michael Cohn. This is for the episode Counterattack. Uh, and uh, with me, as always, is, uh, is my co-host, Matt. Hey, what's going on? Hey, the big 7-0, man. Yeah, 7 We're getting up there. We're getting up there. It's good. Five away from 75. We probably hit 75 around the end of, like, well, just after the end of the season because we got... Well, we got three episodes left. We got the end of the Citadel trilogy, and then we have the uh, the two part Chewbacca uh, episode. Right. And uh, at which point we will be done for the season. Yeah, it's already quick. And, yeah. if, and, and talking about being done for the season, uh, you know, I we just talked about uh, the UK and maybe even you guys in Canada might get yeah. uh, to see these things more uh, before us in the states. So uh, yeah, yeah. Jealous. Jealous. If it airs straight through uh, the 11th, 18th, and 25th, then we'll uh, we'll be done on the 25th up here in Canada because we are in sync with you guys and we took a break uh, right, or got right. behind an episode a little while ago. Yeah. Um, and I'm I don't know I I guess are they airing both episodes on the first? That's what I'm trying are to figure taking- out. Um, it's, it has it's not even clear yet because uh, yeah. didn't they do a one hour i know they do one hour season openings but do they do a one hour season i think i want to say they did last year the, <clears throat> yeah uh, i thought they did so yeah that could be it could be a one hour big time season finale on the first so yeah well you know what um let's just uh, let's just get right into the news and uh you ready to talk about a couple things yeah sure all right let's do it yeah I'm just a simple man trying to make my way in the universe. This is just the beginning. I think it is time we demonstrated the full power of this station. I have my orders from the Emperor himself. He has something special planned. This is where the fun begins. I think we've got something, sir. Good luck. You're going to need it. All right. You know, before we start on some of the news, Mike, uh, you were just <laughs> we were talking off air, and you were talking about waffles, and it reminded me last week of uh, the Sloppy Joe's thing. <laughs> and I was on the forum a forum today, and they yep. actually, there actually is a forum post about Sloppy Joes, and somebody, po- somebody posted a uh, a recipe for Sloppy Joes. Nice. Oh, it's funny. Someone, uh, 
in, oh. in, in the front lines one or in in the yeah gym? no in, in our forums in the in front the, line section in the star wars daily forums yeah it's, it's oh, sloppy joe recipe there it is <laughs> yeah somebody actually thought it was a uh somebody was spamming and then somebody corrected them uh saying no 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 they, you have to listen to the the last episode to to yeah. catch the joke there so uh anyway talking this about is news not, this is not how i make uh sloppy jokes <laughs> are you checking oh, it out three quarter cups ketchup oh man Oh, you're gonna. He's gonna repost that. You watch. Oh, oh, you guys, come on. Oh my God, that is so American. <laughs> this is American that sloppy is so joes. American. Not Canadian like, sloppy joes. You can you can say whatever you want to. Oh, say a boot, whatever. He says can substitute ground moose for Canadians, which wouldn't be that great, but maybe ground buffalo would be pretty good. Oh, Tatanka, uh, yes. But I uh, no, not not ketchup. Okay. Oh my goodness, you guys. <laughs> I'm gonna go over this real quick for everybody. This is a bonus for everyone listening. This is bonus this. news. Okay. Cooking, uh, what you got to do online. is you got to take some ground beef and you're gonna season that and cook it up. Uh, you want to have a lot of ground beef. Like I don't, I don't measure things out. Uh, I actually, uh, my wife Whoa. got me a magnet for Christmas last year that says uh, "Real men don't use recipes." Oh boy. It's got a nice big steak on it because who uses a recipe to make a steak, right? You just throw it on the barbecue, season it. <laughs> Well, so yeah, you true. so you just make some hamburger. Usually, I just grab like one, like the the smallest size of ground beef that you can get at the at the grocery store. Like it's usually about a pound pound and a half um, of ground beef, and you do that up. You take one can of tomato sauce, which is generally I think about six hundred milliliters, and you put that in, uh, and you you gotta let it simmer like for a long time you can add onions peppers whatever you you like to add to spaghetti sauce but the key to it is letting it simmer for a really long time so that you reduce it you get rid of all the water in it and then it's a nice thick tomato sauce that's like essentially mostly hamburger and uh and then you put that onto i like to use kaisers a lot of people use like uh hamburger buns like hamburger buns but i i find that hamburger buns fall apart and they they don't have like the the consistency, so uh, I uh, I use uh, wow. a kaiser. That's bun. a good tip right there. Yeah, I slice it in half, and then uh, and then I I take cheese. Like I usually use mozzarella cheese, like pizza mozzarella, and I put that on the top of it. And uh, once they're once they're made, I throw them in the oven and I bake them for about so well not bake them but broil them for about seven minutes. And you get the nice baked cheese on the top. Little mm. oregano on the top of that before you bake it. <laughs> Delicious. Oh my gosh. So there you go. Everybody. Look at this. Front you know cooking with Cohen. Yeah. Cooking with Cohen, that's our new segment. Yeah. Sloppy Joe's number one. <laughs> oh, ketchup. Come on, people. <laughs> ketchup. Oh. This brown brown sugar is part of this recipe that he posted though. It was it's Darth Wally posted this on the forums and he puts it's got brown sugar in it. And uh, that might actually be pretty, pretty tasty. Oh, so, see? I should try that next time. And All right. Well, that's good. That's our new segment. And then, uh, so cooking with Cohen. There you go. Sloppy Joe's number <laughs> one. Um, <laughs> but as as far as Star Wars news go, we'll get into Star Wars because maybe that's what somebody there's else not, wants to hear. There's not a lot of Star Wars I news. I know. So we're making this. Yeah, <laughs> That's true. Um CNET had an interview with uh, one of the, the writers, and I had mentioned this guy, and I couldn't remember his name. A couple episodes ago, I was talking about the writing and how they were um, very aware of some of the continuity stuff, and it was Christian Taylor. And he had done an interview with CNET, 
and there was a couple of just questions that they asked that I thought were kind of interesting. And, and for one, one of the things was I didn't know that this guy had written for Lost and Six Feet Under. And one of the things that apparently Lucasfilm wanted was they wanted to move away from animation writers and focus on a drama writer for TV. And that's why they chose uh, this guy, Christian Taylor. And he's got some really good writing credit. I mean, talking Lost, one of the biggest TV shows in the last decade, I think, um, you know, for, for TV drama. And I had no idea that uh, he, he, had, he had written for them. And, and like I said, you know, he's this drama writing as opposed to animation writers. I'm not exactly sure what they're talking about. I'm not sure what, a, you know, what the difference between an animation writer is, maybe in a drama writer, just... Uh, Maybe this has to do with character, more character development, which we I, I think it's see. more like when you're when you're writing for the different mediums, it's it's different. There's different attitudes of what you can do and what you can't do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in a, in an animation sense, most animation writers have a good sense of animation as a medium, so they're writing specifically for animation. The difference with Clone Wars being that it's it's animated, but it's not a cartoon, so. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about, you know, like super kitty bugs stuff bunny, or... yeah, running yeah. off of the edge of a cliff okay. and looking down and then falling. You know, like we're we're talking about it, it is essentially live action right. with computer animated actors and voice actors, right? So um, the rules, although being Star Wars, allow for a little bit of flexibility when when it comes to like reality and that sort of thing. For the most part. We're talking about like it's a it's a fairly real world, and the blocking and and action mm-hmm. is going to be fairly realistic. So when you want somebody to write that, you want them to write, you want them to write human interaction, as well as that realistic, uh, intense action, right? So. Right. That makes sense. And and uh, he had also mentioned on in this interview that uh, um. The amazing thing about it, apparently, was that uh, you can write it and they can build it. And that was one of his other quotes in this article. And uh, he said he's worked on shows that, um, that do a lot of compromise but, uh, and TV budgets. And he's talking about schedules and stuff like that, the way you can never achieve. Uh, he can, I guess, never achieve what he wanted to do. But with the Clone Wars, like he says, you know, you just write it and they'll build it. You don't have to worry yeah. about live action stuff. It's it's uh, with the animation. Basically, he's just giving it props to the animation team. It's like, hey, yeah. I can pretty much go wherever I want to go with the writing, and, and I know that they can step up and, and do it. So uh, I thought that was kind of a cool little. Uh, it's a it was a forty five minute interview. Yeah. It was broken down into uh, into you know written form. You can find that at uh, at cnet.com. Just yeah, I guess I guess like the the idea behind hiring the drama writers is that it's a lot easier and more plausible for them as writers to write good stories with good characterization mm-hmm. and then just have that ability to play a little bit and and have the action and that sort of thing. But then with a with an animation writer, I think that you'd be you'd be having to reteach them and teach uh, like rein them in and say like okay like not so many jokes not so kitty <laughs> yeah it, right and 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 maybe that's the big difference between like season 1 and season 3 right um oh, yeah. season 3 yeah. being very very talky and very uh boring <laughs> to say the least yeah you uh, yeah you talked about that just a minute ago and uh, we'll probably save all that for for end our, of season, yeah. our year-end wrap-up show, but uh, 
yeah, so kind of a cool interview there. Uh, other news, um, this kind of hit last a uh, little while ago, but the Phantom Menace, we have a release date for the 3D release. Yeah. Uh, the Phantom Menace, which is going to be February 10th of next year. So, again, we have to wait a whole another year. What is it with Star Wars stuff that we're always waiting a year, you know? It's like this, we wait a year, and then, you know, the, they announce the Blu-ray. Oh, that's another year away. Yeah. Uh, you know, books and stuff. Oh, I, I was really so amped to get this Vader book that was coming out, the complete Vader. Oh, you'd see that in, the, in two more years. Uh, printing problem. We'll see in a couple of years. It's like, what in the heck is going on? And everything's always a year away. Anyway, not that, you know, I'm like clamoring to go see Phantom Menace in 3D, but, you know, I am going to go see it. And it's just kind of interesting to see how they're going to take this because, um, you know, Industrial Light Magic, this is what they talk about. Meticulous conversion is being done with the utmost respect for the source material with a keen eye for both technological considerations and artistic intentions and with all this 3d crap that's been coming out you know with like clash of the titans and all this stuff that's converted just i've never heard anybody say it, it was good the only two things that came out in 3d that people actually came to me and said that was great 3d was tron and avatar and those were filmed in 3d if i'm not mistaken um mm -hmm. so that's the one thing i'm gonna i'm kind of interested to see how they handle this 3d conversion and is it going to live up to the hype and all that so i hope it does i mean usually they don't they don't disappoint but uh i don't know we'll see we got another year to find out hopefully it's going to turn out good um what else is going on man we got any other news going on uh, we actually anything? we do just what? as as you've been doing this stuff i found one more piece of news oh. uh and that is that it's, it's from kotaku which is a video gaming website actually Right. Which is why I missed it on on my on our initial uh, looking for news, but Harrison Ford, we all know as the the lovable scoundrel Han Solo, mm -hmm. is making an eco friendly Facebook game. Because uh, uh, for those who don't know, Harrison Ford is the vice chairman of Conservation International, mm -hmm. which is a nonprofit organization that uh, it's it's essentially like an eco friendly. Uh, you know, like uh, ecologists foundation. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. They they protect humanity's health by protecting and preserving Earth's ecosystems and biodiversity. Um, and I guess Harrison Ford's helping because he's the he's the vice chairman. So uh, it, there's a quote here from the article. He says, "I'm excited to be involved with Ecotopia because I see it as a great way to engage millions of people." in our fight to protect our planet by taking action online and in our daily lives. As we work to address the most fundamental issues facing humanity, I think Ecotopia will help uh, get people involved in a way that is fun, educational, and meaningful. Now, um, did you say this was a Facebook thing? Yeah, it's a Facebook game. They have a little brief description. It's a game. Oh. Yeah, okay. uh, it says, Ecotopia presents players with a completely ruined, dirty, and polluted piece of land that must be developed by completing quests Players will gather resources through completing quests, which can be used to build their own eco-friendly utopia, connecting with their Facebook friends to share their creations. Every month, new villains will be introduced, creating an ongoing storyline that should keep players coming back for more. Um, it's really interesting that that he's getting involved with this, because this is really far from the sort of thing that we're used to hearing about Harrison Ford, but he is actually... a pretty big on the conservation considering like he he pretty much lives out in the middle of the woods yeah you know, right right his helicopter yeah, yeah. So hanging around 
rescuing people. Did anybody ask him about Star Wars in this thing? <laughs> no. <laughs> There's a lot of like Star Wars mentions, like the article. You know what's gonna be funny is it Han Solo and Indy, but is he gonna be interactive with this game thing, or is it just something he's putting his name behind? I uh, let's see. Because if he's at all involved in it, can you imagine? Everybody's just gonna be like typing into the Facebook thing, like, "Hey, as far as Harrison Ford, do you like?" You know, everybody's gonna be talking about uh, Star Wars and uh, like he'll never get away from that. No. He can't even do this. No, it just says Ford's contribution to the development of the game involved coming up with ways that these important issues could be presented in an entertaining and interactive way. Okay. Now, I'm all for Harrison Ford being involved with anything because he's pretty awesome. But uh, I don't know that he knows very much about video games and how to make them entertaining and interactive. Like, there is nothing in... He's not the most exciting guy in the world, is he? Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, like, there's nothing in his... In yeah. his you know, dossier of work that says that he would be the right guy. You know, if anything, if you're going to go to an actor to, like, find out how to make a video game more entertaining and interactive, go to Jeff Bridges. I mean, he's been, mm-hmm. he was stuck in that Tron world for, like, 20 years. Yeah. So, uh... Oh, the I dude. Think, yeah, I think that he would be... Uh, yeah, and, and who, <laughs> who's more entertaining? And who, who knows yeah. more about, about the art of wasting time on, on something like Facebook than the dude. The dude, yeah. Can you imagine what the dude <laughs> does with the internet? Yeah. So when is this thing supposed to start? Uh, let's see. Ecotopia launches on Facebook later this spring. Uh, yeah. So okay, there late, you go. So later this spring. Okay, we'll look out for that. Then. No no precise date. No but, precise date. Just springtime. Okay, that's yeah. cool. We'll I'll let that. everybody know when it, when it hits because I'll... Uh, yeah. I'll be playing it for sure. That and oh, one more piece of news. I did. I looked it up on on Wikipedia, mm-hmm. and according to Wikipedia, Citadel Rescue uh, airs on the 11th, which is this coming Friday as of recording. Right. And uh, Padawan Lost and Wookie Hunt both air on April 1st. So there's a two week break, and then and then a back to back. Then the finale. Okay. Yeah, one hour. Okay. So I don't know. I don't know what's going to be on in place of that on on Cartoon Network, it, I would think more than likely they've got something else airing for the two weeks, and mm-hmm. that's taking the two-week break. Yeah. But right. I could be wrong. I suppose I could look it up right now, but I don't Andy want to. In April. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And, and like, like we said earlier, uh, Canada and, well, the U.K. is definitely going to see it before us and possibly you guys too. So we'll yeah, see. it's entirely possible that, yeah. we, uh, that we could get that before everything. Uh, let's see. So as far as collecting, um, I, saw, I was checking out Entertainment Earth. They always got some pretty cool stuff. And they have a 24-inch tall Chewbacca talking plush. Now, it's not like the exact – the face is kind of – I don't know. It's okay. It's not even something that I would, would get, but I thought it was kind of neat looking. Um, the colors actually work correct as far as the, the fur colors. Like his head's lighter than the rest of his body. Uh, this is actually an $83 – 24-inch tall talking plush, so it's not cheap. Um, but the talking thing, I believe, obviously it's going to do some Wookiee growling. Now, that's the only thing I could confirm that it was going to do was some kind of growling. I don't know if it's going to do other, like, uh, you know, his other uh, voice things that he does, you know, with his, with the, with the I don't know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. He, doesn't, he doesn't just growl is what I'm saying. He, does, he makes other noises, and I don't know how many noises. It doesn't really say. It just, said, it just talks about the growl. Maybe it just growls. I don't know. But uh, this is supposed to come out in April. 
uh, and I know there's a lot of people that like the uh, the plush stuff and this thing's pretty tall too two feet tall so uh, 83 bucks though check out entertainment earth uh, for that in in uh, in April and the other thing was the AT AT the ad ads are marked down Mike from uh, at Walmart and Kmart a lot of people are finding these things now for 49 bucks so I have got to get out and start looking because um, that was the only thing that kind of kept me away from it was you know 100 bucks is 100 bucks yeah and uh, can't really see myself putting a hundred dollars down on something um, unless it was like a Christmas present for the kids or something but uh, 49 bucks dude I can't I can't really pass that up that's a heck of a good price and uh, so check out your Walmarts and your Kmarts around the area I know I got a couple of these uh, I'm sure there's a Walmart pretty much in every quarter now uh, so so check that out what else is going on in uh, in uh, collecting you got anything new coming out anything you're looking at not really same old same old it's you know what it, it's the same thing that happens every year we have New York uh, toy fair, toy fair yeah, where they go whoa. like okay here's all this stuff that's coming out for the first half of the year and then at comic con we pretty much see everything else like everything that's going to come out for christmas mm-hmm. and uh other than that it seems like they're like hasbro is just really not releasing a lot of other star wars news um and i think that's just because their star wars line honestly has started to stagnate a little bit like they haven't made anything in the last couple of years, with the exception of the AT-AT and like the big Millennium Falcon. Mm-hmm. That that really causes any sort of a splash. I mean, yeah. So some of the niche collectors get really excited at the third or fourth Luke and X-wing gear that they're releasing in the vintage wave or whatever. But mm-hmm. like the the majority of us, I don't think really care all that much about most of what they're doing. Because they're just not doing anything interesting. I mean, you gotta look at look at look at the way that Toys R Us and and Target and other stores are trying to get rid of their Star Wars stuff. I don't know as much about yeah like down the sales, there, yeah. But yeah, uh, up here uh, in in Vancouver specifically, Toys R Us and Walmart, like Walmart, barely carries Star Wars figures anymore. They they carry like maybe one or two strips. Um, yeah, I, I've noticed that the last few times I've gone in uh, last week looking for some Wave 3 vintage stuff. And, and there's only usually two, like you said, Mike, only a couple rows, mm-hmm. of, uh, and it's some of the old stuff. So, yeah, you're yeah. right. It's kind of... Yeah, and Toys R Us has just, like, our, our, uh, all of our Toys R Us up here essentially have just, like, reams and reams of figures that nobody wanted. Mm-hmm, so it's right, like right. when the cool stuff comes out, of course it's gone. Like when it, when a new, oh, yeah. so yeah. like, like this new Obi-Wan figure, when it starts hitting shelves up here uh, and the new Cad Bane, which I hear is an amazingly good figure, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll definitely be gone within a few days. But then everybody else in that wave is just going to sit on shelves because they're making characters that people just don't want, or they're making too many of us of a certain character, like too many Anakin's, too many Obi-Wan's that sort of thing and people just aren't that interested um that's and and they're just blowing them out like i mean they make them two for one but people show up and they go well i don't want any of these two for one because i don't want you know yeah i don't know another well that's the thing right there you said it is each time they start a new a new wave or a new line what do they do they start with 
the Lukes and the and the Hans and the Stormtroopers and the Vaders and the Yodas. You know what I mean? It's like every new line they start, we got to start with that. So that's kind of what you're saying is, there, what is there to, where is my, you know, a lot of people want uh, some of these figures that we haven't gotten before, you know, the Tarkins and the, and something like that, you know, um, there's tons of but, characters that we haven't gotten to. But, but the problem being that, like, those those characters, although, like, you and... and, and those are collector stuff, yeah. ...want those. Uh, an eight-year-old kid does not want True. the, you know, the the woman who dances for Jabba that isn't Ula. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Nobody wants that figure. Adults don't want that figure. Like, you know, they might buy one, but, like, that's not selling on store shelves. Um, but I think the Vintage line, though, is is made for the collector. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it was made for, for the kids. I mean, if kids like a certain character, that's fine. But I think this was made for the collector. And that's why I say, at least for the Vintage line, I'm not talking Clone Wars yeah. or anything like that, but the Vintage line, you know, where is some of those characters that are going to, like, here's Wave 7. Um, they've just shown some, some pictures of Wave 7. And we got another hand coming. Yeah, um, we got a Barrisof. We got a Rebel Trooper. Um, we have um, this guy named Bohm Vimden who was in the Cantina. The guy with the horn in the middle of his head. Mm-hmm. Uh, another clone figure. So, and a low gray. I mean, there was a couple cool ones there, but um, nothing to, like really like that jumps out at you. Like, yeah. Oh man, I can't wait to get that one. You know, where some of these vintage card card things, I was like really looking forward to. You know, like the. Uh, uh, the Gamorrean Guard and stuff like that. Some really cool looking figures that that I don't have in my collection. But um, I'm more kind of talking about the vintage collection and, and yeah. where they went with it, and you know where is those characters that are that uh, we haven't seen before. And, and I'm sure they'll come. Hopefully they'll come. Um, we'll see what happens, especially next year with Phantom Menace. You know, I'm sure we're going to get a, a Darth Maul on a vintage card, which would be yep. cool. So, yeah, we're gonna get pretty much everybody from episode one all episode over be again. On a vintage card. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So and anyway, yeah, that's uh, like you said though. It's it's right after Toy Fair, and there's other than sales going on. Um, you know, it's just get out there and, and and start hunting around for the stuff you like. That's what you're gonna be looking for right now. Is just looking for that sale stuff. You know, checking your Walmart, your Kmart's, and your Toys R Us's for those cheap prices and those bogos and stuff like that. So. Uh, that's it about it though, huh? collecting anything else I think that's it alright uh, you know what I think it's time to get to the recap what do you say you ready to do that let's do it I will never wait for the force and become a Jedi like my father here's where the fun begins I thought you might say that because he will become a great Jedi Jedi Skywalker I've missed you uh, all right and here we go with counter attack after freeing jedi master evan peel and his officers from prison anakin and obi-wan must now escape the citadel anakin leads ahsoka captain tarkin and the rest of his team through a tunnel leading out of the facility. Facility. That's a, you like that word, huh? <laughs> <laughs> he contacts R2-D2 and orders him and his battle droids to pick up Obi-Wan's group in their shuttle and then come back for Anakin. 
the droids board the shuttle and take off. And we're starting this second part exactly like just minutes after we finished yeah. the last one. And counterattack, it didn't really have a, a beginning or an end. You know, it's just uh, it's basically setting up uh, next week ra- next week's wrap up show, kind of setting everything up in this middle act here. Um, but I uh, just want to mention that. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, inside the Citadel, Obi-Wan, Master Peel, and their men hide in a ventilation duct to avoid detection from squads of battle droids. They begin climbing a long shaft that will lead them to the landing platform. A probe droid spots them and tries to flee, but Master Peel catches up with the droid and slices it in half with his lightsaber. Suddenly, security doors start along the shaft start slamming shut. Obi-Wan orders his men to move away from the doors, but one clone trooper is not fast enough, and a door slices him in half. PL and Kenobi crush, uh, use their lightsabers to cut through the doors and continue on. This was like, oh man, just right off the bat. It wasn't even... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, like, there was no rest in, in this episode. Like, no moment of, of like, okay, we're going to start this episode up again. You know, like, we're going to start the storyline up again. It, like you said... It directly, like, it takes place right after the end of the last episode. And uh, and they started off with this crazy good scene of them trying to get up this, this ventilation shaft and, uh, and the doors shutting. And it's just so well done the way the doors are slamming shut and we right, all know right. what's going to happen. Like, we yeah, all know yeah, what could but- happen. But who, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then it gets to, uh, like, Obi-Wan gets out of the way, Evan Peel gets out of the way, and then Cody and and his guys are climbing up, and a couple of them get up. Like, Cody gets up out of the way, and you're like, okay, well, of course, because Cody's going to be in Episode 3, so no big deal. Like, you're not worried about him. But then, the like, you're, you're like, they're taking too long, and the one guy is, is sort of halfway up, and the door that you're viewing them through, like you're looking down the, the shaft and the door closes. And as that door closes, you know that the door, like the horizontal door that that one dude is, is trying to, to get through has just shut him in half. Yeah. And we don't see anything. We don't even really hear that much. No, I think we hear a little bit of it, ah, but, and then like it gets cut off cause the door slams shut. And these aren't like little doors. They're like thick doors, so it's more it's less getting cut in half and more having like from from the the bottom of your chest to like the the top of your legs crushed Cru- like yeah, flat right. like because it was thick it was at least like a like a foot thick because when Evan Peel slices through like he slices through and hops through and you can see that these doors are not small doors no no so. Yeah, and it's uh, I tell you what, uh, the Clone Wars lives up to it. Lives up to its uh, billing as a PG thirteen cartoon again, you know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we get the the probe droids too. Um, the first, the first time I think I've I've noticed the probe droids in the Clone Wars. Right? I don't think I've ever seen them before. Uh, of course, the probe droids that we saw in Empire Strikes Back. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think. I think that this might be the first time we've seen probe droids make a. Uh, make a reappearance in Clone Wars style. They're, they're not the same kind of probe droids. They're definitely much they're a little Yeah, they are a little different uh, intelligence gathering. And uh, that was a cool scene with, with Evan Peel, you know, going after him and slicing him in half. But 
like you said, uh, the the uh, the intelligence or the uh, the signal was sent that there was intruders before he was actually able to uh, to slice them in half. So that's why yeah. the door started shutting. But uh, yeah, it was a great scene, good action there to to start it off. Uh, in the Citadel Command Center, O.C. Sobek receives a transmission from Count Dooku. The Count is aware of the Jedi's escape attempt and considers coming to the Citadel to handle the situation in person. But Sobek assures him that he will find the prisoners and acquire the important information they possess. And uh, just real quick, man, he, uh, he wasn't too pleased with uh, finding out that uh, Dooku was in there waiting for him, you know? It's like, you, you know, uh, your boss coming to you to, you know, calling on you. And you're like, oh, crap, what am I going to say, you know? Uh, what does he want? What, what is he going to say? What does he want from me, you know? And you have no time to prepare for it. And uh, Sobek was a little ticked off about that. And, uh, and we'll see another way he handles it a little later on in the episode. He handles it a different way. So I just want to mention that. Uh, uh, in the tunnels, a probe droid sneaks up on Anakin's group, but Skywalker destroys the droid before it can get away and report their position. Tarkin admires the complexity of the Citadel's defenses, and Anakin agrees with him, much to Ahsoka's disgust. Skywalker puts his Padawan in charge of leading the group through the tunnels while he splits off to cover their flank. There's a, this is a good moment, because as we can see throughout the first episode especially, um, a lot of the design of the Citadel is very, very similar to the detention block on the Death Star. Death Star, yeah. Uh, like really similar, and I think what we're seeing here is uh, is Tarkin like noting that and going like, "Oh, this is really nice equipment. This is a really good layout. These are really smart ideas." Yes, and very yes. and and almost assuredly, once the war is over and the sides have flipped, uh, and Tarkin being the smart guy that he is, he'll uh, when they're when they're constructing the Death Star, he'll probably go find the guy who uh, who did the design on uh, on the the citadel and uh, and contract yeah. him to do the death star um, the, and that that seems to be what they're sort of hinting at is right. that is that he's taking count of all of these these uh, defenses and that sort of thing and uh, and he's going to put them to use when he gets the opportunity yeah and and he also says uh you know, Ahsoka's like, you know, kind of scoffing at him, and uh, he's like, he says something about, oh, you reveal your short-sightedness, you know. Uh, the, this ordeal only demonstrates how effective facilities like the Citadel are. So like he said, Mike, it's almost like he's like putting this in his vault, you know, yeah. to, to use maybe later on. So, yeah, that was, that was, that was kind of a good, there, good, good point you make up. Uh, in the communications room of the Jedi Temple, Plo Koon, Mace Windu, Yoda, and Seisei Tin go over schematics of the Citadel and the rescue team's plan for escape. Master Windu asks what they will do if things don't go according to plan, and Plo Koon tells him that they would have to send an entire Republic fleet to rescue them. Back in the tunnels, Tarkin expresses his doubts to Captain Rex about, the, about uh, having a child leading their group, but Rex voices his confidence in Ahsoka's abilities just then the Padawan leads them to a dead end. We've received a coded transmission. Apparently, they've split up into two groups. The rendezvous points are the landing field behind the tower, where R2 will pick up Obi-Wan Kenobi. 
and the pipeline exit, but they'll find Anakin Skywalker. And what if things don't go according to plan? Then we would have to send an entire fleet to get them out of there. I am concerned that the Jedi have elected this child to lead the group. I've served with her many times, and I trust her, Captain. Uh-oh. Dead end. And they get led into a dead end by Ahsoka. And I, we talked about, uh, well, actually, this whole episode, Tarkin is really voicing his opinion on many things. And this is just the first, first of many in this episode mm-hmm. where he's questioning, you know, why a teenager is in charge of leading this group around. And he's very military. Um, you can tell by this episode. And... He's going to talk about some things with Anakin later on that is really good. But here's Rex saying, you know what, hey, she's served with me for a while now. I, you know, I'm not exactly sure the timeline issue here, you know, whether it's a year now or months or whatever it is. But he's going to bat for her and saying, hey, you know, she's, she's good to go. She's cool. She'll, she'll keep us safe. So. And then we get to see the uh, Say Say 10 again and, and Mace Windu and, and the whole nine yards. Just a little scene to Ooh. throw them in there, too. Sicey Tin still hasn't talked, I believe. Uh, no, he hasn't said anything. No. Second episode that he's been featured in, right? Um, yeah. There yeah. being the second half of, no, yeah, second half of, well, second third of um, of the Savajo Press trilogy. Yeah. So uh, hopefully soon we'll get to see him talk. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's true. Uh, and, and one other thing, too, is Anakin is agreeing with, with Tarkin at this point. You know, when mm-hmm. they get to the end of the tunnel here. Anakin, obviously, he can see... And he's going to agree more. And, and there's a great scene later on, and we'll talk about that when we get there, uh, about Anakin and, uh, and Tarkin. Uh, go ahead, Mike. R2 and his droids guide their shuttle to a landing platform at the back of the Citadel. They exit the ship, expecting a pickup, expecting to pick up General Kenobi. But they are instead met by O.C. Sobek's tactical droid. Uh, improvising, the battle droids pretend to force R2 inside the facility as a prisoner. Ahsoka and her troops look for a way to continue through the tunnel. Super battle droids approach them from behind and open fire, but Anakin catches up with them and destroys the droids. He tells Ahsoka to plant explosive charges on the wall, which she was supposed to know was part of the plan. The super battle droids are followed by commando droids with energy shields. Anakin and the clones hold them off while Ahsoka plants the charges. She saves two grenades and uses them to destroy the droids. Then she blows the wall, and the group continues on. Now, this was an interesting scene, Mike, and I had mentioned last week that it was my belief that she did not have permission to go on this mission. Mm -hmm. She went against Anakin, and she used uh, Plo Koon as an excuse, because Anakin would know no better, at least not until they got back, maybe, if he questioned it. And here you go right here, Mike. She did not know the plan. She didn't know that she was, you know, once you get to the wall, blow the wall, go through. She sees the wall and she's like, okay, we're stuck. So it's, you know, I'm going to go ahead and continue to think that she is kind of going against Anakin, obviously, by not listening to him, not listening to him. And uh, she kind of stows away on this mission just to, you know, kind of, she wants to go on a lot of things, you know. She's a Jedi. She wants to go and she wants to be in the fight. Mm-hmm. And uh, like we said last week, Anakin's kind of keeping a close eye on her. 
and uh, kind of picking and choosing which missions she can go on. And he didn't want to go on this one. And uh, here you go right here. He's like, wait a minute. You know, if he, you were supposed to know this was part of the plan. And he doesn't really go much after that, though. He kind of just lets it go. But mm -hmm. uh, I thought it was interesting that we kind of get the idea there that she is uh, going against Anakin. And she had no uh, really permission to go on this mission. So I had to, I had to point that out because I had mentioned that last, last week. So um, go ahead. I think it's my, your turn or my turn? Uh, you can go ahead. Obi-Wan and his group exit the ventilation system near the landing pad. They see the shuttle waiting for them, but R2 and his battle droids are nowhere in sight. Fearing a trap, they sneak around to the other side of the platform for a better view. Unfortunately, they walk right into Sobek's trap, and they find themselves surrounded by turrets, droidicas, and commando droids. Uh, Anakin and his troops make their way to a large gas pipe that leads up to the top of a cliff where R2 will pick them up in the shuttle. They enter a hatch and begin their long climb. Commando droids bring Obi-Wan and his men before O.C. Sobek in the Citadel Command Center. The warden demands that Peel give up the hyperspace coordinates, and he executes a clone trooper when the Jedi refuses to cooperate. He orders his droids to take the rest of the group away and torture them. I want your half of the information. Give it to me now, or I'll start executing your men. This is war, Sobek. We're all prepared to die to protect that intel. <laughs> really? <gasps> We have located the other group, and our droids are closing in on them. Your Jedi resolve only delays the inevitable. Take them through interrogation. Torture them slowly. And we get another scene of some, uh, some off-screen. Well, actually, it wasn't even off-screen. It was just, like, right there, some, some, uh... Uh, O.C. Sobek taking out one of the clone troopers and and uh, here's the, here's a question Mike if Sobek had threatened to kill Obi-Wan instead of one of the clones would Evan Peel be more likely to to give up the information you know is it, would that have done a trick because you know a, a clone he, like mm -hmm. like Peel says in this one up in one scene here he's all you know these uh, these clones are, I don't know if he says clones or just the, the Republican general is, is ready to fight a war and are willing to do whatever it takes. And, uh, you know, is, is that the same for, does he feel the same way about Obi-Wan and his fellow Jedi? If Sobek would have put the gun to, 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 to Obi-Wan's head, would it have been any different? I don't know. I'm, yeah. I would tend to think that he's like, oh, maybe I should give him, you know, and we'll find another way to, uh, to finish this war, so I don't know. That's a just one of those questions you kind of ask yourself when you watch this. Um, I think I think the 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 thing here is that yes, like with the with the clones, definitely. Like expendable. that's what that's what they're that's what they are there for. Yeah, they're expendable. With, yeah. 
I think that even with the Jedi, though, uh, to a certain degree, especially a Jedi like Evan Peel, as we've sort of seen him show in these uh, in these episodes, mm-hmm. um, I think that he, he would be more inclined to say, you know, like Obi Wan knows he he knows what the what the score is here, mm-hmm. and uh, and he knows what he's got to do, and that he may be putting himself at risk. Uh, by having having come along, and uh, and so I think that we would have gotten the same reaction had had it been Obi Wan, or uh, in the case of it being one of the clones, mm-hmm. um, I don't think that it would have been too much different. Yeah, yeah, like 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 you said, you know, the the clones are like you said expendable, mm-hmm. and uh, the Jedi seem to know it, and the clones are even you know they seem to kind of accept that and and accept that there is. You know, that's part of the thing of, of being in this war and being a clone is you're going to be uh, exposed to some of this, and they're willing to take it. So yeah, for sure. Uh, interesting. Um, let's see. R two hacks into a computer and learns that Kenobi and Peel have been captured, and he sends his battle droids to intercept them. As Sobek's battle droids escort the prisoners to the interrogation chamber, R 2s droids approach them and offer to take the captives off their hands. The droid leads Kenobi and his group back to R2, who releases their handcuffs, and they all head for the shuttle. Now, I don't know if the, the uh, battle droids, I don't remember them ever having blue uh, as part of their paint scheme. But, you don't remember uh, that? Yeah, they did. They did. did they really? Okay. Yeah, I stopped as well. Because I was wondering, um, you know, why would the regular battle droids listen to another battle droid, but they're painted totally different? I, I, I would think that they would recognize that... Uh, you know, I thought it was the paint scheme that maybe uh, the Republic put on these these um, droids. Uh, you know, that's that's what I think too. Like, I think that the Republic definitely painted these droids up, or R two took them and got them painted. It, it painted blue in, to match yeah, him. It, yeah, yeah, in this color scheme, um, because they are his his troops, his command. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I I would think that, that 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 the coloring is not uncommon. I mean, we've seen battle droids of every other. It's been color. orange and yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. So yeah. So I don't think that they would really think because it's it was apparent that these guys were coming from another base. Um, right. Okay. So, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. They just have they're just so they're just so easy to to fool. Uh, in the Star Wars universe, it's not yeah. doesn't take much to to go over a uh, to a battle droid. No, the, <laughs> uh, go ahead. Uh, okay, let's see. Uh, where are we? Anakin <laughs> and his troops continue. Okay, there we go. Yeah, Anakin and his troops continue following the gas line. Although Captain Tarkin has come to trust Skywalker, he still feels that the Jedi as a whole aren't willing to do whatever is necessary to win the war. He expects Anakin to be insulted by his criticism, but Skywalker instead shares his sentiment. Ahsoka spots an exit hatch, and she emerges from the pipe, expecting to find R2 or Obi-Wan waiting for them. Instead, a group of battle droids closes in on them and opens fire. After the whole group gets out of the pipe and safely behind cover, Anakin tosses an explosive charge back into the hatch, destroying the gas line and all of the droids. He and his men then set off to rendezvous with Obi-Wan back at the Citadel. And this was probably my favorite scene of this episode, and it was not not a lot of action, obviously no action going on, but 
the exchange between Anakin and Tarkin was really great. Some great writing. And mm-hmm. um, here's, here's Tarkin saying, you know, they're, talk, they're traveling through this fuel line. And uh, Tarkin's, you know, he says, I, he finds the Jedi's lack of t- their tactics, actually, ineffective. And he says the Jedi could prevent them from going far enough to achieve victory and, or to do whatever it takes to win. And, uh, and, he, and he says the very reason peacekeepers should not be leading the war. And uh, Anakin, you know, he can't help but he's, he's like, yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. And I thought that was a, a great scene there showing that, you know, <laughs> like we've always heard, the peace, Jedi are the peacekeepers. And they, maybe they aren't, you know, the best to, to lead a war. And, uh, you know, here's Tarkin calling out the Jedi right here, right in front of Anakin. And he's, he's, Tarkin's going, hey, are you offended by that? You know, the way I'm thinking here, this is what I'm thinking. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a captain here. Um, he's not even an admiral or anything like that. He's just a captain. Yeah. But he's already thinking, you know, big. And he's, he's basically calling out Anakin and, his, and the rest of the Jedi saying, you know what? I, I don't think you guys should be leading this war. You know, you don't, you're, not, you're not allowed to do what must be done to to win a war yeah and he's exactly right you know they're not really in a war it's you know you got to do some dirty things like O.C. Sobek you know not necessarily that but I'm you know what I'm saying is yeah the Jedi are kind of have their hands tied yeah yeah for sure so, uh, and and we see this is a little bit of a shade of what we hear from Anakin in episode two mm-hmm. when he says to Padme that uh you know they, that the the system doesn't work, and yes. that, you yeah. know somebody needs to to figure out a way of getting these politicians all to agree on something. And she says, "Oh well, that's the way it is set up, but it doesn't always work that way." Yeah. And he's, you know, his his attitude is, "Well, then, you know, somebody should make them agree." <laughs> yeah. And uh, and maybe I'll and, do it. Yeah. In in a in a moment of ridiculous writing, she goes, "Oh, you're making fun of me," and then they just drop it. But it's like, no, no, no. This guy just just showed his true colors as a very creepy individual, mm-hmm. and uh, you should be taking note of this, not yeah. brushing it off. But but as we know, she brushes it off, and uh, and then later in the film, he kills some sand people, and she brushes that off too. Yeah. So a lot of brushing off going on. Padme maybe not as smart as she's uh, as we're led to believe. That's why she got. Um, well, as I say, uh, she was a queen in episode, in episode one, and then she got uh, she left that and became a senator. But yeah, like you said, maybe not the the brightest tool in the shed. I guess not the way Anakin was giving out these major big time hints. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in the command center, Sobek and his droids learn that Obi-Wan's group never reached the detention level, and they are also alerted to the explosion in the fuel line. The warden receives another transmission from Dooku, but he ignores the Count's summons and sends all his forces to cut off the Jedi's escape at the landing platform. And this is what I was referring to earlier. You know, uh, Sobek wants to know when uh, when he's being paged, you know, so we kind of prepare what he's going to say to, uh, to Dooku. Yeah. But this time, he's, he has no... Nothing to say, you know. He's got no information. The Jedi aren't captured yet. He doesn't have the hyperspace routes. Uh, this is kind of like you getting a phone call from the uh, the bill collector, and you kind of just turn the phone off. You, <laughs> you have the uh, 
the uh, Girl Scout cookies out and ring your doorbell and you kind of shut your blinds, you know. You don't even want to be bothered with this. You just, hey, I'll deal with it later. So I, that was the other uh, thing I want to mention earlier. Go ahead. Uh, Obi-Wan and his group try to get aboard the shuttle, but giant laser turrets surrounding the area open fire on them, and an army of droids emerges from the prison to stop them. Anakin and his troops arrive to join the fight, and they take out the droids manning the, manning the turrets, while Skywalker and Peel take out a group of battle droids on stabs. Another group of commando droids emerges from the prison. Fives and Echo destroy most of the droids, but one of the commandos retreats and takes control of a laser turret. Fearing that the droid will destroy their only means of escape, Echo grabs a discarded energy shield and rushes at the turret. The droid fires at the shuttle, destroying it in a massive explosion, and Echo is caught in the blast. With their escape route gone, the Jedi and remaining clones are forced to retreat. Now this is a great, uh, well, this is, could have been my favorite scene too. I mean, some great mm-hmm. action going on here. I mean, we got, in the beginning, this is cool with the staps. You had Anakin uh, standing there, fighting him off with with Ahsoka, and here comes uh, Evan Peel. He jumps on, <laughs> he jumps on top of, of Anakin like he's a monkey or something. And as the staps roll by, he rolls on top of one. If I'm if, no, no, he doesn't roll on top of one. He just basically cuts him down. Yeah. Um, and then Anakin's able to get on with the staps. So that was a really, really cool scene. Um, really enjoyed that. And here we go, man. Echo is killed, Mike. What's going on? Uh, but was he killed? Echo. Oh, I don't know. I guess you know what. I don't know. So you, you we're gonna we're gonna talk about this later, though, right? We're gonna we, talk about this because we got an email. Anyway. Okay, we'll talk about this later. But, but I thought that was pretty crazy. And here's the thing, though. I'm trying to figure out. I was watching it, and I watched it a couple of times. I'm like, what is Echo doing? I mean, he grabs an energy shield, and he runs over to the ship. With the energy shield, what was he trying to do? Was he trying to get on the ship? Was he trying to uh, get over to the, the turrets? Uh, I couldn't yeah. figure out what the heck he was doing and why he was going over by the ship. I mean, he didn't appear to be doing anything when he got when the ship blew up. So, uh, but that's interesting that you just I had I just assumed that he was he was gone. All we saw was a helmet. But but we just saw. So, a helmet. But we'll, so this we'll is talk about that. In a okay, okay, we'll finish it up here. Obi-Wan and Anakin uh, contact the Jedi Temple and inform the Council that their escape plan has failed and that they will need a rescue. Plo Koon acknowledges acknowledges their request and promises to send the Republic ships immediately. While battle droids search for them, the Jedi hide in a cave and wait for help to arrive. We'll need to hold out until the Council sends a ship. Not a problem. We beat them once, we'll beat them again. This landscape is almost impossible to cross. How are we going to get to the rendezvous point? That is the trap of the Citadel. It was designed so it would be almost impossible for fugitives to get off the surface, even if they escape the tower. Well, lucky we're not just any fugitives. I hope you're right. And you know what, Mike? The the first thing that came to mind when I heard that scene was was Alcatraz, because here's Obi Wan saying, uh, or was Anakin, that you know just because you escape the Citadel or the prison mm-hmm. uh, doesn't mean you've actually escaped. You know, yeah. you just in you just you kind of jump from the frying pan right into the fryer. 
and it kind of reminded me of the Alcatraz. You, you can escape the prison, but how are you going to get off the rock now? That's yeah. you know that's the second thing. You can get out. Hey, that's great. You got out, but now how are you going to get back to the mainland? How are you going to get off this rock? So that's what it kind of reminded me of. That's that the Citadel is. Yeah, you can get out of the prison, but once you get out of the prison, good luck of of getting off the planet or, or getting out of this this area. So, uh, but it looks like uh, Plo Koon and the the uh, Jedi forces are going to be coming back to uh, to help. So we'll see what happens though. Um, this episode though, like I said earlier, it was just uh, kind of setting everything up. Um, they've gotten out of the prison, but they need to get out and they need to get off this rock. So. Uh, a couple of high points for me was, uh, of course, the the Tarkin and Anakin, and basically Anakin agreeing with Tarkin uh, about uh, certain things, and and Tarkin's um, development as far as planting the seeds. You know, he's kind of like putting, like I said earlier, putting everything in his vault, and, yeah. uh, and who knows how this will shape out, and maybe this is um, where he gets the ideas for designing the Death Star. So. Uh, couple of the high points for me was that and uh you know of course seeing r2 was cool the great lightsaber battle at the end and seeing even peel at the beginning was was kind of was a good scene too so i had fun with this episode not like earth shattering or anything just one of those those fun episodes you know so that's definitely it definitely I, that's it's, it for a, it's a, it was a good episode on the heels of a of a good episode behind it right, right. Um, yeah. kind of back to form the clone wars yeah back to the standard, <laughs> which is nice yeah. to see yeah definitely definitely so uh with that we will head on over to the mailbag let's do let's that let's do it excuse me but might i interrupt you for a moment metropolis comics is a new breed of comic store we're cleaner brighter we're constantly adapting providing you with all the toys and comics you're looking for transformers star wars marvel dc magic the gathering Yu-Gi-Oh, gundams final toys t-shirts and comics movie toys world of warcraft gi joe and comics comics model supplies statues graphic novel which is just another way of saying comics we're right across the street from metrotown but hold on wait a minute did you say that you don't live here well, now you don't have to metropolis comics and toys is opening an online store did you just jump for joy stranger things have happened for instance some people badly want to shop with us online but then they forget the web Website. Don't let this happen to you. www.metropolis-comics.com www.metropolis-comics.com The Secret Stash Online uh, Everything's under control here. Situation normal. What happened? We uh, had a slight weapons malfunction, but everything's perfectly alright. We're fine. We're, we're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? Uh... Alright, Mike. And this is uh, in the mailbag. And actually, you... Uh... From a guy named Taz, do you want to take this one? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, so we just this, uh, got this email from Taz, and he says, uh, Yo, Michael, your podcast is brilliant. Living in the UK, I get the Clone Wars a week later uh, than you, which is a real bummer. So your podcast is a great installment before watching it. Anyway, I was just wondering, do you think Echo uh, is still alive? This episode was a killer for me. Uh, too many of my favorite characters die. Uh, and he says, "Keep up the the good work." Uh, that's from Taz, and he uh, there's a there's a big question in there: Is Echo still alive? Yeah. Um, so we just talked about this. What's going on here, Mike? I honestly feel that he is. Uh, Interesting. I, I I don't know. I I think that they're trying to play to the fact that that we've been told many many times that uh, that these guys are expendable. That that you mm-hmm. know. Just because they're clone troopers doesn't mean that they're, you know, like they're they're the good guys. So they're not, but they're not always gonna 
gonna live through it sort of thing mm-hmm. and uh and we're getting a very clear indication that 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 you know there's they're not holding back on a lot of this stuff but i also think that that might be sort of like the red herring that that they want us to believe that they want us to believe that hmm. that no one is safe and that anybody could go at any minute um so that they can do something like have him show up in the last second and uh and save the day so ah. i think that's what's going to happen I think they're going to get themselves into a situation that they can't get out of, and uh, and good old Echo is going to show up to uh, to save the day. Interesting, yeah, because yeah, like you said, I I don't remember seeing a body. Yeah, no uh, body, no death. Yeah, so that's well, interesting. I thought maybe you're going a different way, like uh, you know, maybe he's going to be alive, and uh, he goes route of of Cut Laquane back in season two where he decides just to, to leave the whole thing the whole mess behind and get out of it but your your um, feeling I think is a little more on on point where yeah maybe episode three he's gonna come back and save the day that's a, that's a good point uh, so uh, yeah that's a uh, echo that was that was a big th- that was a big thing too I mean uh, there was fives who kind of yelled out echo and obviously those two are, are buddies you know um, as, as well as brothers obviously so yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a that was a pretty pretty cool scene. Now here's the thing too, you, uh, Taz, you're going to be getting the Clone Wars a week or weeks earlier than us. So uh, so you're going to be ahead of us, and that's kind of interesting that he he listens to the recaps before he watches the show because we do obviously we break the whole we break the episode down. So he's getting uh, kind of spoiled before he watches it. But hey, that's cool. That's all. That's all good. But uh, you're going to get it before us. At least in the state, so uh, you can kind of relish in that. Uh, yeah, for the sure. Next couple of weeks, for sure. <clears throat> um, okay, we'll hit the forum post of the week this week, and the forum post is simply titled "Traitor," and this is by uh, Stone Seven, and he wrote in the most recent episode counterattack when Obi Wan's team has been captured, Sobek demands that Master Peel hand over his part of the information. How did you find out that Peel only had one part of the information? The reason Peel has only one part of the information is because they can't all uh, they they can't get all the information unless he was tortured into revealing that Tarkin had the other half of the information. Highly unlikely. Then Sobek shouldn't know that. Unless there was a traitor among Master Peel's ranks, the clones are highly unlikely traitors. The Jedi surely not. The rest of the officers probably not. So that leaves Tarkin. After all, considering that uh, what he uh, let's see what his down the road he might be a traitor after all he always suggests plans that don't seem plausible like not splitting up the group taking the aircraft with a full frontal assault which he would participate and always questioning the Jedi's actions what do you think is he a traitor or is, is that a slip of the hand of the writers um, so I don't know you know that's an interesting question um, I, w- I watched it again to see if I can get any information like uh, where O.C. Sobek is talking to Obi-Wan and Peel about the information. For a minute there, I thought he said, I want the other half of the information. And then I oh, wait a minute. So I rewound it and I had to listen to it again. And he mm-hmm. says, I want the other. He doesn't say, I want the other half. He says, I want uh, the information. So 
I'm not sure how he knows that there is two parts of the information. That is a good question. Maybe that's something that's going to be answered in part three, or maybe they, we just won't know. Um, but uh, unless you unless you saw anything in this episode, Mike, that that you can comment on with this. No, I don't know. I, I don't, don't think that's we... a really good. That's a really good point. I, I it hadn't really occurred to me that yeah. that Tarkin might not be everything that he says he is, and that, that that's really. That's really interesting to me. Yeah, and that's another place. That's another place that this this, this uh, three part episode arc can go. Is you know we talked about a minute ago about uh, Echo, and uh, you know there might be something going on with Tarkin, uh, and it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility that that he might have cracked already. Yeah. Um, before we got into uh, before the first time we met Tarkin, he might have already been cracked. Who knows? Um, so that's entirely plausible. And he's also talking about uh, how, how Tarkin questions the Jedi's actions. And uh, one of his, at the very end, Mike, of this particular episode, Tarkin wanted to, hey, let's just get on the, the aircraft and start firing back at the, uh, at the turrets. You know, he's, he's really easy to, to give out what he thinks is the best, but he doesn't really know yet. Um, I don't exactly what is the best yeah. Route or the best action to take. So he's kind of just throwing everything out there, you know. He's very, like I said, he's very by the book, you know. He's he's got the old. Here's the the manual for the Republic. Here, here's the war manual. Let's go to page three. What do we do? You know what I mean? Yeah. He's he's that kind of type right now. So, uh, like I said, no, lots of questions to be answered in part three. We'll see with uh, with Echo and uh, anything that happens to Tarkin and how the information of these two, the hyperspace routes, how that's going to play out. So, uh, big episode Absolutely. coming up, though. So, yeah. Uh, anything else, though? We, I know we have that contest going, Mike. Do we want, do you want to extend that? I know somebody else was asking in the forums today if um, they were wanted to know if they can, we can extend it another week. Uh, yeah, let's extend it. <laughs> I got make, it that. make it till the, uh, our finale here, then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's make it. Let's make it till the end of the season because it is a fairly big. Uh, okay. Oh, then the season. All right, that's fine because we only got a few more weeks. Contest. Yeah, we only have a couple more weeks left, so that that'll work. So uh, yeah, I know there was. I think it was uh, Commander Bly on the forums. I think he wanted to uh, to send something in. So um, yeah, definitely a couple more weeks. So uh, get your stuff in. Okay. Well, this stuff better be good, you guys. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, send it in. Now we have um, the upcoming episode description. It is the Citadel Rescue, which is coming up next week. We'll finish up this three-part episode arc. Obi-Wan and Anakin, uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan, try to lead their prisoners away from the try to lead the prisoners away from the Citadel after their ship is destroyed. Plo Koon, meanwhile, stages his own rescue attempt, and here is a quick preview. On an all-new episode of Star Wars The Clone Wars. Bring out the Anubis! They're going to have company. In the final push to escape the Citadel, who will survive? Keep moving! And who will be left behind? Don't miss the conclusion of a special three-part Star Wars The Clone Wars. Secrets revealed. Next Friday at 8.30, Central. Only on Cartoon Network. That's right, Mike. Who will survive and who will be left behind? We will not know until next week. 
but uh, we'll be ending up, we'll be finishing up this this fun arc, man, and I, I'm kind of looking forward to it. Now that you kind of brought up some points that I didn't even think about in this episode, you know, about about uh, Echo, that's probably the biggest one is is uh, what happened with that. Because, you know, like Absolutely. you said, we, we normally see, it seems like we always see a body sometime, but this time it was a little different. So, very interesting. So, uh, that's going to do it for this week, though, man. We knocked it out. That's it. Yeah, that's that's it for the week. Uh, thank you for listening, as always. Uh, do not forget to check us out online at www.clonewarspodcast.com. You can follow us on the Twitter username Clone Wars. So that's twitter.com slash Clone Wars. Head over to Facebook, join the group, facebook.com slash Clone Wars Podcast. And, uh, and you can join us on the Star Wars Daily forums at forum.starwarsdaily.com and uh, get in on the conversation and, uh, and maybe have your post read on the podcast. And, uh, and on that note, don't forget to email us as well. Uh, Mike at clonewarspodcast.com and Matt at clonewarspodcast.com. Definitely, so yeah. uh, that's it. That's it for this week. We're all done. That's it. All right. Like Mike said, man, send in your thoughts and uh, of any of the episodes this season or whatever you want, man. We'd love to, to talk and we'd love to get your, uh, your feedback. So uh, with that, we will see you next week at the Frontlines Podcast. See you next week. Well, another close to another wonderful show. Obi-Wan Kenobi here saying thank you for listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast. Brought to you, of course, by StarWarsDaily.com. The force is strong with you all, and it will be with you always. <laughs> <laughs>